Yeah, we'll fist fight later. All three of us. Let's see who wins. I'll go Danny mode. I'm just maybe Jamie. I love you all. I'm so honest. Come on in. It is the Survivor at Home podcast. Today, we are talking about spinning your way to victory, a full tilt boogie. Who's telling the truth? And is the era of alliances over? (laughs) I don't know. But we've got a great guest here to talk about it. It's Alex. It's Luke. Luke, why don't you introduce our guest today? We do have an incredible guest today. He's been on the podcast many a times. And so many of you know who this person is uh, because of his moniker and his, I guess, stage name in Survivor at Home and on the podcast as well. This man is a kindergarten teacher and a father of two. He used to be a roommate of mine, along with John Wani, who we also had on the podcast before. And in his four seasons of playing Survivor at Home, the real version, he's never voted right for the winner of that season so every time he's been in the jury he's voted wrong including voting for me who ended up being the first loser to alex over here so our guest today is the famous and infamous london steve welcome steve thank you very much guys i really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you luke yeah you were the best man at my wedding but alex was the better man of that season so congrats alex ouch that felt planned it's so good that was a little too clean you you've been thinking about that since you were booked for this episode i like it's the first thing right on my notes and (laughs) andrew ironside said i you should just say i want a winner's welcome so thanks luke for that but i really wanted alex to give me that winner's uh welcome in so but Maybe another time, but yeah, you know what? I don't know what to say about you because every time that we've played together, we try to work together. Then you somehow weasel your way out of our alliance and vote against me thinking that I'm voting against you. So I thought it would be better if Luke introduced you, seeing as you are now the third roommate of his to be on this podcast with us. So (laughs) I third roommate, but I was the first one to live with him before John. And before Amanda, <laughs> there was this guy. <laughs> There's some sort of claim to relationship there that I don't know how we get into that with friendship but and even marriage. though it's messy. Luke and I live together. There is a very close timeline, Alex, that you and I met before I met Luke. Um, mm. And actually, Do I met you guys at the exact same place. And that was at Camp Wajidawin. Interesting. So Alex was a speaker there. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. that the person they had lined up for speaking canceled and they needed a last minute replacement again. Of course. All right. Of all right. Course. Okay. Okay. No, uh, Alex was, he was signed I, up there and I really enjoyed him. And when I played Survivor season two, I was like, hey, I know that guy. And then I actually met Luke at the same uh, camp later on. So that's great. Is that a real story? Is that a real story that he was second choice again? No, no. he's always first choice. Oh, of except course. when I vote, except, yeah. except for your victory vote. Yeah, that's great. Um, but I do appreciate being on here, guys. Um, I won't go into history of my my whole survivor at home because it's been on the podcast 
three times to go back and listen to those. Um, but let's break this down. Yes, okay. sir. I love it. Let's get down to business. <laughs> okay. I don't. Do I have a job anymore? I don't think I do. <laughs> well, I retired from playing and moved on to the production side, so I feel like I'm producing That's this true. episode. Also, I do. Wait, I do want to know. Okay, we don't have to talk about your Survivor at home experience, yep. but we do. You know, we've been asking our guests kind of what's your what's your take on Survivor? What do you not not necessarily what do you love about it, but like what brings you back to it? What What's the part that stands out to you? Is it the gameplay? Is it the relationships? Is it the medieval themes? What really stands out to you is the, the, the top notch part of this show. So what I actually really enjoy about it, even this community, is that I can play so many times and every single time it's different. But even though I don't think I'll, I'm not playing again, I'm not allowed to play again. I swore on the production uh, Bible saying that I won't play again because now I've moved on to the production team. It's just something that I didn't want to leave. Like knowing that I played, I I've made these great relationships and um, I don't want to be done with the community. So moving on, I've asked Andrew and Katie if I can be a part of the production side, because even on the seasons I played, I offered suggestions of games and we played them already. So it just seemed like a natural fit. Um, but coming back to it, even someone shared a, a tweet of um, Noelle and um, the other people from her tribe. They're disconnecting still. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't know if I can get away from this. And it's even brought connections back. Like Luke and I now talk almost three times a week, even though we yeah. still talked before. But mm -hmm. that connection through Survivor Home has built it even stronger um, even though we had a strong relationship going forward. And even um, I didn't talk to John Wani for about five years and then Survivor at Home came in together and that brought that relationship back. So it's pretty hard to leave it uh, relationship wise and um, excited that I finally got to play with Andrew Bragg because Andrew Bragg and I are the same age. We're a week apart and we grew up together, but now we have this also. So the community that it's brought and brought people back together, it's hard to leave. And I don't want to leave it. So this was just a natural progression. And just even seeing the relationships of people on the real show, um, what we're doing as a community is the exact same thing that they're doing. They're building those relationships and they're connecting. And I think that's what really drives me to keep watching is just to see how it brings people together. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. I'll be I'll be um transparent on a couple of points there. Uh I mean, number one, yeah, Steve and I do. We talk a few times a week, which is crazy. We always we always did keep in contact uh after university, but the Survivor at Home community has brought us and the game itself has and he just Survivor itself has brought us together again. And so yeah, for our listeners, a, a lot of the takes that you hear from me are already kind of pre-cooked in in discussions I've had with Steve like we talk um yeah a couple of times just based on we talk about alliances we talk about the gameplay of contestants we talk about um our friends ideas about the game and all kinds of stuff so um there's a lot of a lot of those ideas that I bring to this podcast are already kind of pre-cooked that way so, so we really do only need one of you here tonight yeah I can go but I'll just leave. <laughs> I'm going to share something a little bit. <laughs> that's going to be our vote kind of... in, the, in the that's going to be our poll in Spotify. If there was only 
one of the, you here <laughs> would you rather have just put it it's out gonna there. make me very sad because i think i'm gonna get voted <laughs> out yet again of course people don't like me so they're voting for you man you'll get you'll get a, a two-thirds of the votes luke uh but okay it, no wait one third one oh, enough that it won't be enough Got for it. you to win thanks buddy <laughs> Either way, the other part I was going to say is that the community itself and all of you listening know this because you're a part of it in some way. And like you said, Steve, they all keep in contact, all the survivor players and and share their lives with each other. And I've you know, I've seen that in my own life through this community a few times already since since playing last year. But even more, it kind of it feels like it grows exponentially every year. Um, I've shared some pretty you know, big parts of my life to a lot of people in this community, including uh, this week, uh, there was, uh, we we lost our family pet uh, a couple of days ago, or actually it was yesterday, it feels like a couple of days ago. Um, yeah, and there's been some other ups and downs and like things to be joyful about and things to be sad about. And it's funny how this community uh, just has like a really cool support system. So uh, that's the game of Survivor though, right? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's there's something pure about playing a game, but also like it's going through an experience. It's an extreme experience. And there's absolutely psychology to that, that when you go through an extreme experience together, there is a bonding. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's something about the the event of Survivor at home as it is, is such a microcosm of the whole Survivor experience. But for all players involved. As much as you give yourself to it, it becomes that extreme experience where you bond with the people that you went through it with. And here we sit continuing this conversation three years after I joined anyways, and and Steve, you and I joined and as excited as ever to keep it going. And there's something real and pure about that, that I think is part of the ethos of Survivor, which we all love. And I, I'm sure that people listening right now are going, mm -hmm, yep, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Like, break it down. We can argue about good players, bad players, about how ridiculous Jamie is. Do you love her or not? Is Heidi in control or is she not? Is the Tika 3 going to stick together or not? We can have those conversations all day and know that at the end, we're coming together around one shared thing. Yeah, and even Danny says that in Tribal this week, he talks about how they all love each other. And even Lauren, you know, he loves, I think he says he loves the crap out of this woman. <laughs> yep. It's just kind of cool to see that and to see it um, vocalized in the game too. So, but yeah, yeah let's, is, that, why don't... is that new? Can we just like, that seems like a new era vibe. Hmm. Like the last four seasons seem to be a lot more like we are in this together. And before that, maybe it's just the social media output. Maybe like hmm. what is it around the last four seasons that really feels like these groups are together? They they have become family. And I just don't know that that was present earlier. Uh, am I on to something there or is that just a, a, a facade? Well, I think Kel brought it up in, a couple of weeks ago. It was just with all the the different things going on in the real world and mm -hmm. they're finally branching out to having more diverse casting instead of just here's your jock here's your cheerleader here's this yeah right um really left-wing right-wing people and it's sort of they're they're getting into 
realness it feels like but going to what you're saying though um i talking about this new era i feel that danny is not a part of this era mm. i feel like he should be someone who played in the early 30s based on mm. what he's done so far and how people perceive him and even yeah. we'll get to it later uh, when he loses a challenge, everyone's so happy, but he needs that moment. So we talked about that. It's okay to be upset, but he's that mm -hmm. frustrated. I think he would have done, he would excel a lot more if he was playing in a before 40 instead of this very um, communal group, even though he's trying, it feels like he's trying a bit too hard that he's just out of place, but that's a different story for later on, maybe. But. Yeah, that's interesting. No, I love that take. That's that's it's it does feel like there's something ah, something a little thorny about about him now. He's pushing a little too hard. He's a little too, uh, what arrogant? A little too harsh? A little too in your face? But you're right. But I also have it written down that Danny reminds me of Alex Street. Okay. So, All right. Okay. Yeah. So shots a little too handsome, a little too to many abs. Is he's, <laughs> he always is very close as winning. He does get frustrated when things don't go his way. I'm not saying that's a bad thing about you, Alex. And he always has his hand okay. on the thumb. Like he okay. he knows where everything's going so far. I'm jumping ahead, but he's competitive. He can talk well. He gets his point mm. across. And I and not, I think he really resembles you, even though you wrote earlier, like, get this guy up here. But yeah. I thought that he plays like you. He plays hard. He wants to win. He wants to play with the best people. And I I compare him wow. to you in a good way. That's so Absolutely. interesting, because in my notes, I have Danny is a dink, <laughs> literally. <laughs> but <laughs> no, it's perfect. It's perfect. But the analogy is there. <laughs> But my own self talk. Let's talk That's... about Danny. Let's talk about his gameplay this this episode. Like he he came out and said, you know what I really noticed was that he has downgraded himself as a target after that huge idol play for Franny. Then he's the one who votes her out. Yeah, I thought that was it's just interesting how he's manipulated uh, people around him to to kind of change his his target status in the game. What do you guys think? When they got back from Tribal, like there was four names written out for Tribal last time, mm -hmm. and Franny was left out of the vote. And the conversation last week was Franny came up and said, "Hey, Tika is running this. We need to do something." And Danny said, "No, that's terrible." But then right. when he got back, his response was, "Well, I spoke to Carson, and we're voting out Kane." So he kind of put it a. Like, even though he wanted that way too, he kind of threw someone else under the bus. He's doing very mm -hmm. good at shielding himself. Like, well, I spoke to Carson and this is where we're going. But even though he wanted it, mm -hmm. uh, he's throwing people above him to hide his threat level. It's, it is interesting to see that Carolyn is the one in this episode that's gunning for him. Yeah. And yeah, that's gunning for Danny. And, and there's, uh, I don't have any other references, but there's definitely been examples of this in the past where there is somebody who is this high threat level and there seems to be one, maybe two other people who really clearly see it and are like, just get him out. Are you kidding me? Now is the time. I think of like Joe from seasons past. I think of um, Jonathan maybe at, at a point, but like there was, and people are seeing it, but then nobody's listening to that person 
Yeah. And the big threat makes it through maybe further than they should. But I don't think Carolyn's trying to vote Danielle for being a big threat. I think Carolyn's voting Danielle because she has a personal vendetta against him from their journey together. You think when, so? You think that's still a thing, eh? I still think so. She still has this thought about Brandon and Danny and bringing Josh in and look at all her votes. They went out. I okay. think. Yeah. So how many episodes ago was that? That was four or five, right? Four or five episodes ago. She went to the. Oh, like a it cabana. Was before, it was before right? the merge. Yeah, it was pre-merge. It was pre-merge. Yeah, so right. Let's say it's six. But you can still have those thoughts and still try to drive them. She's been trying. She got Josh out, then got Brandon out, then couldn't vote. And then try Danny and try Danny. Her personal vendetta against that conversation might be taking over her thought process. Okay, here's my only pushback to that. So in that Josh vote, she, aside from, I think, two people voted for Jam Jam, Kane and Brandon. And aside from those two, oh, no, sorry. Um, Josh also voted for Jam Jam. But everybody else voted for Josh. Carolyn, though, voted for Kane. So if that's her plan, you can say that was her plan because it kind of played us that way. We didn't really actually see her vote Kane, but in the records, it says she she's the one who voted, the only one who voted for Kane. So maybe she did have a vendetta against every single one of those guys, but it doesn't seem like it's her plan that's being acted out. It just kind of seems like it's the natural flow of the game. To add a little bit more fuel to Danny's uh fire of a game there was a deleted scene this week that i saw where he actually found an idol and he's sitting there and while everybody else is at the uh, reward he's sitting talking to the confessional camera saying like well check it out i found a new idol and i am happy about this i'm running the game with it and then he opens it up and sure enough it's brandon's fake idol and so we know that and then the next clip is him talking to jamie and just ever so coolly Digging right. up, hey, what was what was the fake idol at your camp? And she says, oh, ours was a three-pointed kind of amulet. And he goes, oh, oh okay, okay. And it goes back to confessional. He's like, well, you know what? I thought I had it, but turns out that somebody was smart enough to hide this fake one out here. So even in that, A, he found one, and B, was smart enough to not pull a Jamie and just assume that it's real and I'm going to ride this to the end, but actually dug out it's a fake and he can throw it into the ocean. So as much as I sit here and I go, man, I just, I don't like the pushiness of this guy or, or whatever it is that rubs me the wrong way um, and rubs Carolyn the wrong way. The guy is a gamer, no doubt playing as Jeff would say, full tilt boogie. I do believe full tilt boogie. <laughs> we are seeing it. Oh, so man. there is respect. Um, I just wonder if he's going to, it if, if people will vote, I don't think that people vote for gameplay like they used to. So I don't think that his game at this point is worthy of a victory, but we'll see. I think it's, well, close, it's a, sorry, but I think it's close. But I like how you mentioned that he did that backward that fact checking. And yeah. to go along with that, Carson, when he came back from tribal, pulled Jamie inside and said, hey, I want you to know Kane kind of told us that you had this idol. And now, like Jamie goes, well, now I can't trust him. Well, he's already yeah. out of the game. Thanks, Jamie. But Carson's so smart about doing that, that Jamie can't fact check that. So that whole thing about fact checking your information, like Danny's doing it. Carson's, he's telling lies 
that people can't fact check them until later on. Right. So. Okay. That's a great point, Steve. I wanted to touch on that specifically because Carson does talk about how he loves lying to about, especially about players who have been voted out says it's wonderful, Mm -hmm. but what's the cost benefit of that? Because yes, they're voted out, but they are also in the jury. So you're lying to somebody in the game about somebody out of the game, but really somebody who still has influence on the game. Does that come back to bite him at all? No, because this is my thought process of why Jamie is going to make the final three now is because Carson is going to bring her along so that she can't fact check that and until the very end. So I think Carson's planting seeds going in and be like, okay, Hey, you can't, I'm telling you this lie and you're going to roll with this lie and you're, I'm going to bring you along with me. This is just my thought. I have no idea, but you're going to, you can't check this information out until I got a million dollars. So I think Carson's playing it beautifully right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is, I mean, we've talked about Carson all the way through. Somehow he has managed to play both sides of the game keep everybody kind of feeling like he's with them and mm-hmm. he's like socially with them and also strategically with them. It doesn't seem like he's spoiled any votes at this point or burned any bridges. Mm-hmm. Uh, even he was even sick for a couple of days and then had that mother relationship, <laughs> like, uh, uh, you know, yeah. passionately uh, filled and, and ignited. And so I just think there's such strength in his game. And then he gets this physical win which is his second of the season uh really this this big win for him later in the episode where where now we're seeing like man that just upped his value even more with an individual immunity win and even to the point where he's being able to hold this information about i practiced these i made these i practiced them where matthew couldn't hold that in after one challenge right you did that snake thing yeah, so it, i do have a home. yeah question about this and we can get to it later on though is should carson if he makes it to the final three talk about his preparation uh, to get this is what i did does that earn him more respect or does it default it and i'll bring it back to survivor at home where i think steph schroeder her preparation for survivor at home who's never been on here what she did was unbelievable. Going back, listening to podcasts, finding out about Alex through podcasts, finding out about myself and Luke. She did all this hard work to get into the game, to know how to play the game better, to understand us, but never shared that. If she shared that in the final, I think she wins based on the respect that she would get. So do you think Carson gets more respect if he tells this in final three? Yes. I th- I think the how do you not what what's the alternative? The alternative is people are are ticked. The people are angry that he yeah, knew or the they puzzle, think, that he could or solve they think the puzzle. You came in with an advantage, right? But right. they all they I think by that point with the months of prep that they all put in, you know, some people go and learn how to light a fire in the backyard. Carson just learned to three D print a puzzle. So everyone's doing their own prep. And I think with the jury, with the respect of that jury and everybody going through that, they would all just say, wow, you 
you prepared differently than we did. Well done. I th- I think will it win will it get him a vote that wasn't already going his way. That would be. I mean, again, I'm not sure. That would be like a my vote isn't decided yet, and I need something to push me over the edge. And Carson's like, hi, I prepared more than anybody. Um, maybe that gets it. But do you think I he three D yes, printed a fire? Do you think he knows how to do fire making? <laughs> no, honestly, does he know how to oh. do fire making? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen him do it. Yeah, he's That's incredible. Yeah, I haven't seen anyone make fire this season, to be it's honest. True. Well, they they the show him near the fire quite Danny, often. At the very Stand, beginning, they showed Danny there with and, his idol. Yeah, <laughs> I. You know what, Carson? He he continues to impress me, but at the same time, I wonder if he, like he's he's giggling at the beginning about lying, and I wonder if he's getting a little bit big for his britches, mm. a, a little bit, maybe a little bit. We've seen cocky players who are good players get cocky young yes get cocky a little bit too early a little bit too comfortable a little bit too early you could count Kane maybe in there but um I wouldn't say he was as good of a player as as Carson is Carson has played a great game I I I really I really appreciate his game but I'm just curious if he's maybe getting a little bit too big right now I did see something today uh how how much we you know, the conversation hasn't been around uh, the fact that he hasn't lied about his age from the beginning. He's been like, yeah, yeah. I'm the young one. Like, that's who I am. And and then other people, Sammy, you know, I think of what was he 18 and said he's 21. Like, there's this effort that like, I, sh- I have to say I'm older than I am. Carson's just like, this is this is me. I am the NASA engineer. I like I am this person um, mm-hmm. and I'm doing well. And mm-hmm. for some reason, not being noticed. You're right. Not being noticed. Yeah. Yeah. Which is significant when you've got someone. So then and then there's Danny and Franny who excel. They show up. They win the challenges. And now you're noticed. So Franny specifically. Right. I mean, she goes home this episode because she is the challenge beast. She's the one who is going to beat us all. So from the beginning, she's the conversation. She was left out of, right? We come back to to camp after last week's vote. And she's the only one who didn't know that it it was Kane going home. Mm-hmm. So she's on the outs. Yeah. And then this whole episode, she has this beautiful confessional saying, this is the first time. I mean, it was later after she didn't win immunity. This is the first time I'm actually vulnerable. How yeah. exciting is this? Just like Brandon was, right? Right. And uh, I think that there's something to be said about she. What what is that? Where the winners get targeted, they get noticed. Um, and yet here's Carson playing a pretty masterful game, and nobody's really saying his name. And Carolyn even said it during tribal that I don't want to be too loud, but mm. I need to be relevant in this game. I was and a little surprised she said that out loud. Yeah, but. and she's, she's under the radar. She's that, um, I think, she needs to be a bit louder. But going back to what Danny versus Carson, Danny's that in your face, and Carson is not loud, but he's relevant by winning. So Yeah. So, yeah. Well, let's, let's just go back to Franny. Let's talk about her a little bit. I know... Yeah. She ends up becoming the big target here. Carson and Danny actually bring her up. Um, she's already out kind of of the vote from last tribal. 
but and she's a challenge beast yes but i found she seems very willing to work with anybody mm-hmm. so how is she a target over other players does danny want her out because now he can win the challenges finally or does carson want her out i don't like i don't know like I, what's the reason like is it just because she's a challenge beast and Luke, you and I talked about this, is that look at the jury right now. There's At this point, there's three. Matt, Brandon, and Kane. Right now, we know Matt is voting Franny. No doubt. The way that he looks at her during uh, Tribal Council, <laughs> Matt's voting Franny. That's a vote that I'm not getting. So I don't want her there. So I will put her on the jury very quickly. Even, I might not win with the other people there, but I know I'm not getting Matt's vote. So Franny has to go. That's my take about why mm. Franny has to go. from Danny, and But also Danny, he's come second place in all these challenges. He just is not there. Yeah. So get rid of the person who's just, even though Lauren beat him also, but get rid of the person that just <laughs> beat him. Yeah, a couple times. Get rid of them. I really feel like it's more of an uh, an excuse. You know, it it's it's a narrative that sells very easily to say, "Well, she's won twice," and everyone goes, "Yeah, you're right, she has." And so, if you aren't sure, or if you think the target might slip towards you, that is a very easy narrative to jump on board with, or to sell to get other people to jump on board with. I'm and so pretty, I think that plays a lot of it, actually. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure they said Kane. We vote Kane because Kane's a challenge beast because he's big. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, and right. he wasn't a challenge beast There's at all. <laughs> it's right. just throw those words out. He was terrible. Right. Throw those so words people out actually, and people go, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So do people actually believe it? I don't know. But I think it is, it's it's fascinating to think that Franny was very flexible with her alliances with, and and it was probably pretty uh, uh, close to to carolyn to heidi to the only ones that voted for her this this episode um but there's this or no wait no franny and carolyn voted for heidi anyways there's this movement there where i think you're right it's like why not keep someone like that in um it kind of brings up to me i think this question around immunity idols or like that the the individual immunity i love I put a lot, I I have in the past put a lot of weight. I think the game has put a lot of weight in immunity, individual immunity winners and how that plays. But as I said earlier, like the game doesn't seem to reward gameplay as much as it did early on in the seasons. Interesting. So now somebody wins. Is it a negative on their game more than a positive to their gameplay? Much like winning this reward is actually a negative for the winner than it is a positive. You want to be chosen for the reward, not win the reward. And I think maybe individual immunity is even leaning towards that way. I think you just always compete. You just always go for it. I think if you can win every single time, you win every single time. You don't think about anything else. doesn't matter what other people are thinking. You have to play the game regardless. But you mentioned reward. Why don't we talk about that reward challenge? It was pretty sweet. It was nice and quick in the rain. Pretty crazy. Um, And I loved that everyone was so pumped about the reward. Tacos, 
what did they say? Apple empanadas or something like that. And beer and, and margaritas. And they margaritas. said tacos. Everyone was so pumped. <laughs> Let's Brandy go. Was so pumped for booze. Booze. <laughs> like, come on. Oh, you know what? So they said, like, what could you ask for anything more? I thought mojitos. I would I would love a mojito on mm. the beach there. Mm-mm. That's mm, the best. Love a mojito. I was just in Cuba a couple weeks ago. There's a, a like two days. I just drank mojitos straight. No water, just mojitos. Yeah, I'm surprised I, honestly, I remember it. Here we go. Aside from <laughs> aside from gin and tonics, I think mojitos. Ooh, baby. There we go. And that was okay. Look, this welcome to uh, the after dark alcohol episode of Survivor at Home. What are you drinking today? <laughs> there we go. I got, a, I, got my, I got my gin and tonic. We got an IPA. This is fabulous. Smash. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Um, the the spinning part of this challenge. I want this every dang week. There's oh, yeah. nothing more fun than. Don't you just want to try it? I wish oh. it was a Survivor at Home challenge. You could. You had to spin a certain amount of times. Although that would be pretty tough for production to count. We yeah, are doing go. a backyard Survivor light. True. Like, let's just go to the park and hop on one of those spinny things. Like we used spinny. to do this. Oh, well, you can do this with we used to do this with junior high all the time. We're like, okay, we're calling this barf night. We're just gonna try to get the kids to throw up somehow. So get lots of garbage <laughs> that's, cans. That's terrible. And sounds like <laughs> university all over again. Well, there like, you go. Yeah. Barf night. <laughs> and and we'd start with something like that where you get them to lean forward, put their forehead on the top of a baseball, a baseball bat, bat. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then spin around 20 times and try to jump over a pencil. And <laughs> How difficult was it <laughs> to jump over a pencil? A pencil. You. That's pencil. incredible. Um, they couldn't. There's do another it. challenge we had. We played it. It might have been at the same uh, youth retreat you spoke at, Alex. But there was like you chug a coke, and then they like your team carries you on a mattress, and then you have to chug another one at the end, and that makes people puke like Gross. crazy. The oh, yeah. the the the. Absolute locked in way to make someone vomit is to drink a uh, eat a banana, drink chug a seven up, and do twenty five jumping jacks. Really? Have the garbage pail ready. Yeah, I think it's the there. absolute way is to eat peanut butter and jelly on reward. Oh, that one go right through you. And <laughs> That's deep. what they say. That's the <laughs> easiest way to throw. But I had a question for you guys, and please correct me. Season forty four is filmed right after season forty three, right? Um, yes. Do they get yes. any time to see any episode of season 43? Do you know? No, it no. was it was it wasn't right. as close as 41 and 42. Okay. Uh, I think it was 10 days. Mm-hmm. That I said on his podcast. It was, okay. it was 10 days instead of like five. Just because I have this very stupid brain of mine. And the last time I was on the podcast, I was on during this letters reward. And this is the exact same challenge. So I was wondering if I was able to be like, hey, this is the challenge that they get reward, even though Jeff ne- or letters, Jeff never said you're getting mm. letters. It's just the sanctuary where good things happen. Oh, interesting. OK, So my thought is, hey, I know what's going to happen already, even like because I just remember the spinning and the cargo because this was the one where Noel couldn't do the balance. What and Jordan went on hit her bit. Jordan went on this huge five and a half minute spiel about she's walking on the beam. We didn't get any of that this time. This challenge was so quick, but it was the exact it was fast. Mm-hmm. Like Brandy flew through it. And this is why Danny's so mad because yeah. he can't keep up. But it was the exact same challenge 
punches last season. So maybe that was the one where Noel came back, right? Yeah. And then she came back and won. And then she won. That was so what a moment. My brain that was this challenge. Exact same challenge. My brain realizes this is the same. So even though I'm not there, maybe I'm playing season 47 and they're doing this challenge. This is the letters I want to win this one. I because I might have that knowledge already. So maybe production needs to start switching up their games and challenges but yes that is a hard yes on that but i think what's interesting and it we can fact check this but noel won the reward and noel was voted out voted out eight you're right franny won this reward and then was voted out Mm -hmm. i would love someone to go back and check those you're right you're right because that bonding of being back at camp of not getting it's almost better your loved one reward that bonding and Carolyn's like going jumping ahead. Carson and Yant, you lied to me. Well, sh- they spent the whole day with Danny on the island, not yeah. getting loved one reward. Like, yeah. what's going to bond you? We always talk about Survivor at home or even the first one. What's that first vote out? You look for anything to connect you to someone to vote someone out. This one, the connection is we didn't get this. Let's bond together. Let's get the thread out. Boom. But Franny, yeah. so Franny takes it. And again, I I, uh, I heard someone, I heard Carson say something um, in a pregame interview or preseason interview. He said, you know, if there's a food challenge or a, a, a reward challenge, I'm not going to go for it. Like I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to pull back. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think because, he did in that challenge? Know, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, but there's, but the, the, the strategy there makes absolute sense we've i think this has come up before around that is it's better to be chosen than to win mm-hmm. those uh, I, I know jordan's hard on that and and there's yeah um as we see it here it does create still this amazing moment i love how franny made her picks though i really do that was that was yeah pretty special to see like i'm gonna pick the moms um mother's day is coming said, up she come even on. said that once they said letters her mind switch of how she was going to pick mm. right well, they all looked pretty sad in the rain, just standing there shivering. Oh yeah. What like uh, do you look the person in the eye? Or you look down? Do you look? Do you try to? I guess yeah. Do you try to get picked or do you want to be at camp? I wonder. Like, do, what do you want? You just it said the de- advantage is maybe to be at camp. It all depends what you're thinking. If you go back to season forty-one, Xander said, "I always want to be with the losers because the losers are vulnerable. The losers will talk <laughs> mm-hmm. to you." The losers mm-hmm. will bond. This is what Danny said. Hey, mm-hmm. or even sorry, this is what Jam Jam said. I apologize. Jam Jam said, I got I never talked to Danny. I never talked to Lauren. This yeah. is my chance to bond with them. They voted together. So And you get a chance to look for idols, you get all the stuff. But how do you give up tacos and margaritas on Survivor? That's why, that's why we're all doing this podcast together, guys. All the losers. Bunch of losers. Oh yeah. Well, two out of three. How's Alex a loser? He won. <laughs> I'm not talking about the game. Oh, just okay. in life. <laughs> okay, yes, that's, this is true. Then we agree. <laughs> we all know <laughs> it. We all know it. I think this is the one Luke would win. The biggest loser. The biggest. Lo- do you think? I was thinking about these. Oh, do you want to keep going on this loser topic? No. Okay. I was thinking about these challenges. Do you? Okay, maybe this has been explained before by production but do they 
have a certain amount of balance beams per season you you have to you have to have in there because it feels like every challenge there's some sort of balance beam is there always some a net like you have to have six nets per season that they have to crawl <laughs> over like i think they just look in the storage and see what's there what do we like, have right, well, let's yeah um yeah i don't know with it there's a lot of chat uh, chatter about you know let's let's see some challenge revamping here let's see something new yeah. come out um especially i would even as, like to see if one challenge really favors one aspect or maybe two but it seems like every challenge has a little bit of everything it would be nice if they you know showed some challenges that are really more like strength based or one that's more and they kind of do that i guess but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i have a very quick question for you guys Looking at the spinning thing, if we can pick one person from Survivor at home, who would you compare Jamie to spinning to our Survivor at home community? For those of you at home, Steve <laughs> is acting out the spinning on that little two-handed cage thing. As slow He's as Jamie was on a Sunday park. Yeah. Oh, what a fun Who ride. would do the worst or who would do who would, who would, be would like look Jamie? like Jamie on that Survivor at home? Oh, Present like going super excluded? slow? Super slow, but they weren't so dizzy afterwards. Like John well, Wani, he would look like Jam Jam on that one, but uh, okay, that's this, a dead laugh. John doesn't question. like the Jam Jam comparison. Careful there. He doesn't. Okay, It's he, a good he, question because she was she was purposeful, right? About how she did that. She was looking in one at one spot and she Smiling the whole way. <laughs> giggling, laughing. Oh, who <laughs> would that be? A good I think I would. I want to say Andrew Ironside because I feel like that would be really cute. But I don't oh, think Andrew would be able to get that spinning thing going. <laughs> also, did you see stuck. Danny afterwards? Almost no. like a boxer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he said he looked like a lemur, like like King Julian yeah, walking along. Like, King Julian, them. <laughs> and then he <laughs> and then he does the roll onto the net, and then that didn't help. <laughs> yeah, and then I think I saw Carson after he got off the net was doing like an all fours kind of hopping thing. And it's like, it's so good. It's just brought... Danny's. It's Danny's go to uh, pose. Well, and I boxer. I know last week, and the role. Uh, Rochelle, Cal, oh. and Lynette said they were going to get together to play that I Spy game. The name that Cal said we gotta get together and just spin together and just, just spin. <laughs> Yeah, okay. A few more, a few more gin smashes, and then we'll Some see how that goes. Uh, but okay, so so yes, let's let's come. Well, you touched on Jamie. Let's talk about Jamie a little bit. I was my segue earlier was going to be speaking of losers. Let's talk about Jamie. But you know, that might be she has she won? No. So, um, let's, I, there's a lot of here's the thing. Okay, so I'm going to bring this up. I don't think she should win. I don't think she's going to win. That's fine. But but she is a great joy to watch. Mm -hmm. But the the show itself is having a field day with her mm -hmm. and clowning around with her statements and what she's right. doing. And when she was talking about the fake idol, I had an idol and I, did you see yeah. the little uh, title there said fake <laughs> idol as she's talking about it. And then she, she reached this, like it went away from me and reached off into the distance as the fake idol faded away. Yeah. <laughs> it was, they are loving it. And truth be told, it is giving a lot of entertainment for us, the viewers, to watch her game. It's just a shame that she has no idea um, the, how much she's missing. But she is, a, she is a hoot. 
So I'm so confused. It's great. I'm so confused by why Carson and Jam Jam and other people think she's a threat. I don't get it. It reminds me back to once again, season 41, when Danny thought Erica was a threat and we did not see anything. As of right now, the only thing we knew or know from the season is Jamie had a fake idol. Why is she a threat? We have nothing else, but everyone's afraid of her. Well, they don't know her that well, right? They don't. And and most of her tribe mates have not been speaking, but she they think she does have an idol. They that's that's common knowledge. And they think that she's playing a certain game to maybe undercut it or to, I don't know, underplay her game. I'm not sure, but I can see if you didn't know all the backstory that we know, I can see how they would interpret it as her being a threat, especially if she's lying, especially if she has an idol, especially if she's played with um, Ratu, who has been dominating at least up until a couple of votes ago. But yeah, you're right. When she says, I love being honest and she's telling everybody the story and she thinks she's in everybody's good graces and that everybody believes her, but she seems to not, even that she had a conversation with uh, Jam Jam almost pulled a Rochelle there. Um, She had a conversation with, with Jam Jam there and they were talking about family and Jam Jam asks her a question and she turns and goes, what? What? (laughs) Right. It just seems like she's not listening. Mm -hmm. There's, it really was interesting to see that whole like I'm telling the truth. It feels great, and not a soul believed her for a second. No, and that, in my experience in playing the online reality games that I've played, that is the most frustrating place to be. Mm. There is a lot of lying in this game, but when you do come forward and say, "This is actually the truth. This is the way. This is what's happening," and people look at you and say nah i just i just can't trust you you're like i got nothing else i got nothing else (laughs) yep and so poor jamie in this sense uh brings the truth gauntlet down and people say she's sneaky she's sneaky that one yeah i just don't know what to think about it it's the thought of having an idol in this new era of survivor really a threat idols are so public knowledge is it a threat that someone has it at this point in the game you only have seven people left right yeah. and you have to play them before five so but I, I hate to go back to season four, 41 all the time everyone knew xander had an idol but no one deemed him as a threat they didn't go after him even though he had his idol so if jamie has an idol is it just because she has an idol that she's a threat or is there something that we're not seeing is production once again, not giving us the full, why is Jamie a threat? Unless it's because they set it up at the beginning with the birdcage and everything was popular or pu- public knowledge at the beginning. And then, then there's all this chatter and Danny played it correctly. Brandon mm-hmm. played it correctly. All those stories kind of float around. Yeah, it's it of the past few seasons, we've seen idols work this season and fake idols have no relevance except for, well, I guess it's relevant now. It's kind of like it's it's relevant without even being in play. And then we have Carolyn who still has her idol. 
Um, and maybe, maybe she plays a Marianne with this. Maybe she keeps it to the end. Maybe she plays it at five and, and makes her way into the four, but there's this, is it a threat that it used to be? I think it might just be just like the challenge beast. It It's an easy narrative to spin. Right. And if you're in the game, absolutely play that narrative, play that. I think they've got an idol deflect. It deflects from you in any, in any way that you possibly can. Um, I think that's what there is, but I, oh my goodness, Steve, I hope, I hope they're not pulling a Gabler on us. Because I, I don't know what I'll do. You said you would leave the survivor real life community. I, I'll miss you, but, um, I'll leave everything. I will eliminate survivor from my life. If, if they're doing this again, <laughs> again, it's just a, it's a cold Turkey. Sorry, Jeff but it's over. I mean, let's talk about Carolyn for a second here because we've got, let's talk about the idol that is there and has not been mentioned at all, mm-hmm. but she is, what's her position in this game? Uh, she's she's tight with the Tika three at the start. It feels mm-hmm. like of this episode as we know what's coming after this episode, that's not going to be the case. Mm-hmm. And she's, I don't know. Is this is this her episode? Does she have is does anything significant happen? She tries to lead a vote towards Heidi. She screams hilariously while acting like a worm in that challenge. It's just fantastic as I she was, is. She's entertainment. Like yes. while watching that final challenge, she's dead last, and we keep getting shots of her having yeah. pure entertainment. We don't see people building the puzzle who are third and fourth place almost winning we get carolyn stuck at this ball's hard that's what's hard like, yeah. like this that's is your entertainment that we have with carolyn the but people want to know yeah i think her game is running away from her i think mm. she had a lot um underneath and i think she puts a lot into carson and jam jam and as she tried to go to franny it's noticeable from Carson and Jam Jam and we can get into that later but I think she's running out of people to work with and I love the fact that she has her idol and that she hasn't told anyone about it I think that's the way that Survivor goes and I know Alex you're a huge fan of that but I think her game is going to come to a close after she plays her idol soon I don't see her making final three. Mm. I was my winner pick. Really? I was going to say this was the first episode in a probably since the merge that she's been a little bit assertive in her. um, In bringing names to the table. Mm -hmm. But look where it got her. Nowhere. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it it, it seems like a fourth line player. Yeah, whether she's still needs to play under the radar. We were talking about this even a couple weeks ago that we really liked how she's playing under the radar. Mm-hmm. But is it too long? Is she maybe does she still have to go under the radar a little bit further? I don't know. But the fact that Jam Jam and Carson are concerned about going behind her back to vote out Franny, she's obviously very she places a lot of value in loyalty. And so Franny picking her to be in that reward 
meant a lot to her all so much so that she wasn't going to vote for her. And then, and then not only that, but now it has damaged her original alliances with jam jam and Carson. It looks like anyways, for next episode, right? With that going that they didn't vote with Carolyn again, they, they are not voting with her. She seems to be always out of the vote. You talked about when everyone voting Josh, she voted Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, she voted Heidi this time out of the vote. She just constantly seems to be out of the vote. Yeah. Even when she she brought that idea to Carson to vote out Heidi, he was like, oh, I, I don't like this. I got to talk to Jam Jam. I don't I don't really like this. But she was so you could tell she was so excited about it. But she and flipped from Danny to Heidi quickly. Oh. Yeah, quickly. Yeah. But just with that, when Carson said, I need to go talk to Jam Jam earlier on in the episode, Jam Jam made the comment, I need to go talk to Carson. They're not really involving her in those big decisions. Yeah. So why do you it, think that is? Is that is that because they can't trust her? They or they they like what is that? Maybe it's where what you Luke just said, me? that whole loyalty. Yeah. Maybe they know that Carolyn's going to be loyal to her and they're using her like they're using that against her. And I would hate for that to happen. Because we I I think Carolyn is the salt of the earth. I really enjoy her. I love her. Um, and I can say that because I just love where she's come from. I'm a, I am I get emotional just thinking about her story and that in general. And to be taken advantage of because you are a loyal person, I, I, I hope that's not happening. And even for Jam Jam and Carson to be like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to vote Franny. Because we feel that Carolyn is getting too close to Franny. Yeah. And if you go back to season 40 at Winners at War, Tony, who was with Sarah, Cops RS, mm. saw how close Sarah and Sophie were getting. And what did he do? He planned to get rid of Sarah and Sophie's connection because he needed Sarah. Yeah. And this is where Jordan always talks about. When you come back from tribal, nothing's as exciting as when Sarah was just reaming Tony out. This is the <laughs> same feeling. These guys are being like, we need her. We need her to be loyal to us. And they right. know she's going to be. And it might, it seems like from the next week on Survivor, she's not going to put up with it. But these two people are trying to keep her close and getting rid of Franny. So I think for them, it was a smart play. Get rid of Franny. Try and keep her close. But the person that Carolyn is, she's not like Sarah. And mm-hmm. I don't think she's going to see Sarah worked with Tony. I don't think Carolyn's going to work with Jam Jam and Carson. And that's the downfall. I think that's where I didn't. Title. That's where I didn't understand that move for them. I think if it the, the, the play for me and coming back to the Franny conversation a bit of, of if Franny is willing to work with people, then Carson and Jam Jam could have said with Carolyn, hey, how close are you to Franny? And she would say, very close. I'm not voting her out and say, great. How about a final four? Let's lock that in and control the vote now. Then we get one more and we march our way to the end. Franny being the challenge beast is going to beat out the other people. We have our path. And as it is, they broke up their three alliance um, in order to bring her further in. So I think that was a misstep on those two where there could have been this opportunity to 
build a really good alliance and continue to get out the other, the Ratu and Sokas. Yeah, unless I they... really like that we're different. I like that we have different opinions, and I think that is needed because I just don't like agreeing with people. So I like that we're different in this thought process, Alex. Is that good. you thought you think it's bad? I thought it was good, and we'll we don't know who's going who's right in this thought process because we have our own thoughts, but we'll see later on. Yeah. We'll fist fight later. All three of us can see who wins. I'll go Danny mode. <laughs> I'm just maybe Jamie. I love you all. I'm so honest. Uh, just touching briefly on one comment that was made at the end in the, in the, um, the scenes for next episode is um, that Jamie Correct me if I'm wrong. Did she say that she and Lauren are controlling the game? She thought she's controlling the yeah. game since day one. That's Jamie. Okay, so just so you know, that's out there. But it is Jamie saying it. So let's. That's it. We'll leave that. And then I think the last, the last really important player that I think that we need to touch on here is Heidi. So how do you guys see Heidi? Does her finding the idol last episode has that emboldened her to be a little bit more brash? In her gameplay, she seems to be. Franny brought it up, right? Like she's, and we we talked about this a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. that she's loose lipped, a little bit. She just kind of, she just feels like it seems like she's a little bit more free flowing in terms of information than any other player. How do you guys feel about her? Until this time, though. Oh no, this was the other truth we talked about. She told the truth about when Danny, when she was telling Carolyn. Danny says she doesn't need me and she's telling the truth. And once again, no one's believing the actual truth of something that's really happening. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for her. I do. Mm. I don't think she's got a fair shake early on. And it seems like they, she won this reward. She's found an idol. They're maybe pushing her to the front, but I, I still don't see her as a threat. And I still don't know why they would target her the past two episodes. Well, she's certainly not. Yeah, this is this is why did Carolyn switch the vote to her was because she thought you're lying to me. And yet she's not. There's just no threat there. So because mm-hmm. they, they don't know about her idol. So there's this again, I think there's these below the surface players right now that are moving along. They're playing the game, Heidi being one of them. And at this point, we've said Carolyn being one of them. Yeah. I mean, she's very much in the spotlight, but gameplay, she's kind of below the surface. Um, Carson is playing a hard game, but somehow he's floating below the surface. And then you've got Danny now is the only one maybe who's like way out front. Everyone sees his game and everyone sees, they think Jamie's game though she's sinking at the bottom. She's way out there. Jam Jam has had to play a defense game way out front. And then you've got these players who are just floating along. And I think that at, that the way that the last few seasons have gone is it's those floating along the players floaters. who are likely going to be at the end. The floaters, the floaters always come up <laughs> at the end. They always do. They always rise to the top. Yeah, you can't flush them down. They just keep floating. Hey, why don't we move on to um, our immunity challenge here? So we get a we get a an awesome view of this this necklace, the uh, idol necklace again, the uh, individual immunity necklace. And 
Amanda and I always laugh because there's always a shot of the necklace being something happening to it. And we think there's there's somebody like with a leaf blower blowing the sand away from the necklace or something, people dumping water or whatever on it. It was whatever it is. It just makes us laugh every time watching this. I just think of whoever's behind it. I just listened today. The last episode of uh, Jeff Probst on fire and someone Mm. asked this question about it. Oh, yeah. The question was, when you receive the idol or the immunity back, do you make everyone wait while you do these shots? And they said, no, they have a replica and they already. Well, they do because they have two that they gave out that first challenge. Right. But they said they have it. They have another set that they just do these shots with because the person's like, you make them wait while you do these shots. Or do you already have them pre-planned? So that made me think of you right there. You know what I want? I want to see the idol do the course. I don't want to see some random dream team member do the course. I want to see the idol running along the net and doing the spins <laughs> with little animated legs and stuff. Like, that's what I want. <laughs> like claymation. Yes, that's, that, that would be good. But this Anyways. challenge reminds me, once again, going back to Danny, this reminds me of Alex. When Jeff was speaking, did you see Danny? He was looking at the course. Oh, he was, yeah. He was planning. How am I going to do this? Everyone's just listening to Jeff. This, oh, yeah, 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 you're right, Jeff. And he's looking. He's planning. It re- mm. And that's why I say he reminds me of you, Alex. Like, mm. when we're doing all these challenges and Andrew's re- going back to Survivor Home and Andrew's he's not reading, listening. He's Well, he's listening. But he's scrolling. He's finding all these hidden things of what to do for extra idols. He's planning ahead. So that's why I, when I compare Danny to you, it's it's in a good way because he's going beyond. He's trying to think outside the box. He's trying to get an advantage going in. So I thought it was great that Danny was doing that first part. And he killed that first snake part of it he did oh yeah he did too bad he sucks at puzzles you know what Can steve's I... not wrong alex like i learned that from you my first survivor at home season like you i i i saw that i saw you doing that and that i learned from that quite a bit so that informed my uh gameplay for for the next uh season that i played in but <laughs> i just you don't need to throw me under the bus anymore you don't need to highlight my gameplay anymore steve you're not playing anymore no <laughs> You might be thinking I'm I received this. Smoke up, Alex, but I didn't vote for him. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Um, no, and I love it. That that's and that to me, this is why actually the full tilt boogie thing. Like I, as weird as that is, I that I get it. Like, how else do you play? What else is there? Actually, last season of Survivor at Home, I I consciously was going in so intentionally. The first time that our tribe gets together, I'm just going to talk. I'm going to keep my hands like I'm going to sit like this, like with my hands in my armpits. So they see that I'm not scrolling the island looking for idols. And like I was so ready to do that. I was not going to look for idols. And then it's go to the beach, meet your tribe. And what do I do? I click on the island and I find idols. I find I'm just going nuts. I was wide and and I found one. And so because <laughs> how can you not? I don't know. That, I don't know another way to play this and it's yeah, we'll, think, set, we'll set up a help point. group for you <laughs> there's gotta be other people out there i mean Survivor it has its ups and downs i found a, an advantage my first advantage ever where you're going to meet with other people from the two other tribes i was like i guarantee alex is going to be here 
And if I get onto the Discord and there's Alex, I'm like, yep, this makes sense. Of course he's going to find this. So I think the it's and it's not always good. And I think that's what we see. Like to Danny's credit, you just want to play the game. You're competitive as anything. You just want to play the game hard and get what you can get. And he's not the only one trying. I'm not the only one trying that hard and strive. It, it this is just the way it is. But I okay. I think in all of this, what you've helped me do is work through um my 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 distaste towards him. I receive whatever veiled compliment is here and we can move on to talk about <laughs> the challenge and the worming their way through the dirt. <laughs> I thought the challenge was pretty, it was interesting. It was pretty straightforward. I mean, with Carson, I, th- I, I thought Carson was the favorite the whole time with that final puzzle. And even though he was behind, like he proved his, his strength there. I don't know if you guys um, saw this on his Instagram, but he did post a video of him doing the model he's got a model of the starfish that he's yeah. he's completed multiple times Top so. of the nasa logo yeah yeah so again there's your preparation right carson preparing and he wins immunity and then and then they kept uh, showing us and and jeff was like franny's close she had like six pieces down like <laughs> even when carson had yeah. messed up and and yeah. oh carson oh there's a chance for franny she's got eight pieces down out of 25 like it's it well and danny had such a huge close. lead but then he did they didn't show him doing the puzzle i don't think at all so he was he trying was... to eat one of the puzzle pieces at one point I think. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to this, light it on fire <laughs> this brings up a question i have though you talk about challenge challenge beast we got franny even now we have carson with puzzles is there a you try to get them out can you look at someone and be like they're no threat at all in challenges is that a reason to keep bringing them along and not voting them out uh partially maybe partially but if when i look at this cast and tell me what you think here alex but when i look at the remaining players now that franny's gone it does not look good for challenges like i mean lauren's one she's one one carson's one one but danny i think is the favorite in terms of if i'm thinking about balance or anything physical he's the i think let's say it was a final four of and and you know final four usually is oh there might be a puzzle it might be a big a big emotion one right Right. it could be some motion or it could be a massive go out and get the pieces scavenger hunt and then finish a puzzle kind of, or is that five? Sometimes at five. Or the um, one where you have to grab the letters, put them on and hold that crane. Oh yeah. That's a tough one. Oh geez. But that's, like that. yeah. So imagine it's jam jam. Who's terrible at, at challenges. Yeah. Carolyn, Hyde, Heidi, Carolyn, and Jamie. Like, I don't know who's winning. Somebody's got to win. Challenge is over. Call it. It's yeah, I think, bed. I think if it's those, okay uh did jam 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 did well on one where he was holding the ball against the uh didn't he do well no no okay never mind no he did it for a couple seconds no you're thinking of jam jam oh oh, (laughs) i love jam jam but my question comes from this like i think he's great but he's just not good at challenges yeah and so do you bring him because you know you can beat him in six and five and four and he's not winning final four well, and right now he's playing under the radar, I guess, too. But that's like intentional, right? Like he thinks he's he talks too much. And 
is he really doing much? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know about the, I'm going to bring you because you can't beat me. Is that as much of a, I mean, that would be an internal narrative. That wouldn't be a public narrative that, that you're sharing. Yeah. Unlike the don't bring them because they can win, but everybody likely has that their own track of like, Oh, I wouldn't mind being in the final four with these three because yeah. I'm going to beat them. Uh, that's for sure. How I could be thinking. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know how much that outweigh. you have to get there. Right. So, so how do you bring people? You can only bring them along if you trust them. And I don't know. That's a good question, but much more oh, of an internal conversation. I've yeah. got one like random question here. What do you guys think about Carson's boutonniere? Where did that come from? That was, did you, see, did was, you see that with the feathers? Oh yeah. Little prom. He, he looked like he was going to the prom. Uh, where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but they're living in a jungle with, with a lot of, of feathers, flora and fauna. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe, the, maybe they, Found okay, no, place. not where did it literally come from, but what was the point? <laughs> yeah, what to get, is the to point? get people talking about it? Because he knows that there's a an incredible survivor podcast in Canada, and they might just notice his lavender shirt and excessive boutonniere and his urine stained shorts it's, standing it's by the fire. Shirt. <laughs> I just want to know the backstory. I love it. I yeah, I don't know. Was, a flourish that I was not expecting. I wondered if maybe it was some sort of medal that they were giving out to somebody who's stuck in the game, even after throwing up so many oh, times. But... Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> I like it though. I like it's, it's like Carolyn had a, a little claw, like a, a, yeah. Oh yeah. I saw that, that? Yeah. coming out of her hair, like in her bun, she has some yeah. crustacean in there. Um, so, so if you were to grab something from the Island and put it on your person, <laughs> what, what would it be? Would it be a Great flora, question. a fauna and on what part of your body or a Meriwether? <laughs> oh boy. I would make a <laughs> coconut bra. <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. So Steve's got the coconut bra, Alex, mm, a banana hammock with a, <laughs> Oh no, with actual banana peels. <laughs> Those are too good. I, those are too good. I don't palm know what throng, I would do. Palm, palm throng. Yeah, palm I might palm? make like a lay, like a uh, a lay or something like that. No, not mm. a lay. A lay is boring. Maybe just that like a boring. skirt. I would make a I would skirt. Want it. Oh, oh yeah, that'd yeah. be nice. Out of a little uh, kilt. Do you have any Scottish yeah. in your in your? Blood? No Scottish at all. No, nope. Oh, but that could work. You could represent bagpipes. I'd make bag bagpipes out of <laughs> bamboo. <laughs> Find a seagull carcass and then just like <laughs> a live one. You don't, you don't need a carcass. <laughs> okay, so uh, the most important thing question. is out of the way, Carson's boutonniere. What did well, you the, notice pre-tribal? The very first thing I noticed was once they got back to the beach, I couldn't tell who said it, but someone made the comment, Carson being a puzzle master. Mm. Well, so, he is. He is, but this is that whole people are taking notice, right? Like people are may not be paying. I think it could have been Jamie. I couldn't tell who was saying it, but people are recognizing that he is a puzzle master. So we talked about him being under the radar. Maybe not, because now you're starting to think, what could the next challenge be? So. Yeah. yeah. So can he hold up his relationships enough to fend off the challenge beast title yeah that he's gonna carry 
So, okay, let's look at pre-tribal stuff. And there's an interesting conversation that happens when Danny comes up to Heidi and makes a claim uh, saying, what, Steve, what, uh, you, you were saying it earlier. What is what is he saying? Yeah, Danny, Danny goes to Heidi and says, Heidi, we're all voting Franny. And Heidi's response was wonderful. She goes, who's everyone? Like she wants to know. And then Danny goes to his number one. Heidi goes, but we don't need you for the numbers. Yeah. And her head whipped. Did you see that double take? She goes, what? Like, <laughs> uh, you, what do you mean you don't need me? But she dug in. She kept going. Okay, but who's everyone? Who who do you have? And he wasn't willing to It's a to strange say. line. It's a strange line to say to your your ally. Your number we don't one. Need you. Yeah. Like, well, number one. And they, they, but they both said it the whole time because even on the reward, they're like, "Danny's my number one," but I'm playing for me, yeah. not Danny. So Heidi's going along with that. They're number one together. Yeah, it's a weird, I think it's probably because. They, because he knew that she wouldn't be super into voting for Franny, right? Because they they were allied with Franny for a while. So, well, so maybe, maybe it was permission. It. Maybe it was yeah. rather than a threat. We don't need you. We're doing this. We're bulldozing this forward. You're saying it could have been a bit more of permission to be like, we're making this happen. But if you don't want to cast a vote on her, yeah, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. That's. You think that's he had much... that in him, though? The way that the past episodes have been talking about how he talks to women, Lynette brought this up about is he more sexist, right? The way that he's presenting himself towards women, we don't need you. And then then he walks off. Yeah. Like doesn't look for a response. I fully believe it was a forceful uh, thing, not a permission giving, but I'm just teasing that out just for the Danny fans out there who who maybe think he's got a gentle side to him. Um. And this is why I think he belongs in the before COVID era of Survivor. I think he yeah. would be excellent in that. Yeah. Love to see him and Tony uh, face. He's off. like a mini Tony, right? Like yeah. That's, yeah. that's that comparison's been made. Yeah. I, I wonder if it's just his like his culture that he works in and breathes every day. Like he's just a part of it. I think he's just he's just in, encapsulated in, in this culture that is what it is and now that he's on survivor he's trying to trying really hard i think as you, you saw it when he was talking about lauren at tribal and he said i uh what did he say um like i love the crap out of this woman yeah and he, yeah. he kind of paused on the woman because i think he had he was going to say something else that might have been a little less mm-hmm, I don't and know. he's a firefighter tony's a cop right it's that maybe i wonder yeah new york city too no or no mike Mike was a firefighter. Uh, was he Boston? Um, a couple seasons no, ago, though. Rob. He wore it on his shirt the whole time, but I can't remember what it was. That's right. <laughs> Kel will know. New Jersey know wasn't it? New Jersey. Yeah, Mike Hoboken. That's right. He was. Uh, yeah. So so there you go. So he's the, but he had age. So so you you could imagine Mike would have been Danny twenty years ago. Yes, oh, I yeah. can see that for sure. Uh, but but with age comes wisdom and comes uh, mm-hmm. an ability to listen and receive. Even then, I think Mike rubbed some people the wrong way a little bit. Well, he made a couple of big mistakes, which is why which cost him the game. Um, yeah. Made big promises that didn't pay off yeah. that he couldn't keep. 
made promises Anyways, so but couldn't cash. Wait, no, that's not how is that how it goes? You got it. <laughs> so, anyways, there's that interesting conversation right between Heidi right. and Danny. Um, and then and then so we head into tribal and who knows what is going on, right? Nobody knows. Nobody this knows. is the crazy part of it. I feel like the everything just sort of dissolved within the last couple episodes. All of these I maybe even just with Kane going out, it seems like everybody's now just talking with everybody. How do you guys how do you guys see those alliances all shaking down? Even and Jamie even says it's that the era of alliances is over, whether that's a mention to previous seasons before 40, even you could say, or or whether she's also maybe alluding mm-hmm. to. Yeah, I think she's talking more about this season, right? But even like now, now at this point in the game, now all these alliances have kind of dissolved. How do you guys feel about that? I think it's well, the tribal alliances for sure. She's yes. noticing are dissolving. Um, she did make mention though about the season. She said with the, the shortened season, the uh, era of alliances is over. Like the age of men is over, mm. as as a famous orc would say. <laughs> the <laughs> and most then he famous just of all. thrusts his spear. <laughs> so Jamie is thrusting her spear into the chest of who Aragon? you name them. Well, oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> like all the famous survivor players from the past who relied on alliances. And so now it's over. It's time to move on. She's saying it's it's alliances are done. Now it's it's everybody's game. Everybody talks with everybody. But did was she did, was she going a little bit too far cuz she said it, it changes all the time and she talks to different people and she makes di- different decisions every single time. Is she proving herself to be a little bit wishy-washy or everyone seemed to be nodding along. What do you think? I think in this episode where the previous episode or this season, sorry, the previous episodes has been Ratu versus Soka and Tika in the middle. Ratu versus Soka with Tika in the middle. And now that Ratu's done lowest number, she's saying tribes are done. Original yeah. alliances are done. I think finally it's mm. cut up to her. Right? We're not running it. Because back when there was Brandon Kane, they're like, if Ratu doesn't win, we've done something wrong. Yes, you've done something wrong. You left you left the game when Kane ended. <laughs> Maybe like, she's also saying it because she was Ratu. And she's yeah. like, oh, yeah, like uh, all of our alliance is gone in her head. And yeah. so she's saying it to everybody else like, oh, like, no, no, like alliances aren't really a yeah. thing. Like yeah. we weren't really playing. It, it was a thing when play. we were winning. But we're yeah. losing now, so no, we're mm-hmm. it's everyone. It's voting blocks. It's mm. now. This is what it is because that fits her narrative right now. Mm. That is, uh, I mean, that it, it it's it's tiresome to watch uh, as a viewer. It's it's a little bit confusing. You can even tell by our conversations here. We're trying to figure out who's with who. Uh, it's it's fun and kind of chaotic, but you it's a different kind of chaos where you're not like, Ooh, will this Alliance go with them or with yeah. them? You're like, there's, you're looking at eight people and there is eight to the exponent, eight <laughs> possibilities yeah. here. I'm tired. I, what's going to happen. And that's yeah. what it feels like almost every episode, which is, I don't know what to say, but I don't know who, how that develops or who to root for in that sense. So what do we do? I'm we're deeply rooting for the Tika three to make it through. Yeah. Cause yeah. that's the only that's the semblance of a team yeah. that we have left. I thought about that when she was saying that, because 
then they, I think they, I don't know who they, they focused in on, whether it was Jam Jam or Carson, but those two seemed, it was Jam Jam, I remember, but those two seemed to be the, the last kind of like remaining glimpse of like an alliance from the original. Cause she said, yeah, it's, you don't talk to the, the original people who you used to be in an alliance with. It doesn't matter mm. anymore. Yeah. 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 I'm rooting for them. I think, I don't know. Well, yeah, I am the three stooges. Let's go all the way. Stooges. You know what I'm rooting for? I'm rooting for Matt and Franny to have a beautiful time at Ponderosa together. I thought you were going to say baby. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Matt's eyes, they showed Matt Matt more this tribal council and then some of the real contestants. (laughs) Plane. Whenever Franny spoke, they showed Matt the biggest it's smile. Like he, I guarantee he was sad that Franny lost, but he's probably <laughs> chin. Franny's yeah. going to Ponderosa. He We're actually snuck a vote for Franny into the bin as Jeff was walking by. He just put a couple extras in there Franny, just to make sure. Come to Ponderosa. <laughs> but he, like, he loved the fact every single time Franny spoke, they showed Matt. <laughs> it was great. Can't get enough. Yeah, they you, better be holding hands though, next episode. If, if they do make a baby on Ponderosa, you're you're naming it Jeff or you're naming it Rosa, right? <laughs> you only have two options. Oh, that's or good. Pond. You're supposed to go for Pondy. Little Pondy. Pondy. Little Pondy. <laughs> okay, uh, so let's actually talk about tribal here. <laughs> this is tribal council. This is what the, the production gave boogie. us. Is yeah, we got to we got to hit on full tilt boogie and the idea of of greatest ever right so there's a whole conversation that shows up around trying really hard challenge threats and why would you the the sort of counterbalance here between when you try really hard you can be seen as a challenge beast but what's the other option and danny certainly say there is no other option this is what Mm. you do which leads jeff to say you've got to go full tilt boogie and danny says (laughs) pardon me <laughs> and then jeff doubles down on it and says and i quote full tilt boogie it's a mindset it's like saying condo cabana <laughs> which does that clarify things for us folks I'll be, I'll be totally honest i phased out i had to go back and watch it again because i was like i don't even know what they're talking about like pup pup boogie from paw patrol i did not get it i was singing it in my head the whole time I had to watch it three times. Shake it, groove it. I think Jeff was having a stroke. He's just saying gibberish at this point. This just leads into so many people calling into his podcast and be like, this is why you suck, Jeff. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this is the thing. I I am so rarely going to go against Jeff as a performer. I think he does a phenomenal job just showing up on the show, talking to the get. Like, he, he gets it. He knows it. As a producer, I'm starting to have issues with it. But... In this sense, I'm like, okay, you go for it, I guess. If you want full tilt boogie and you want to talk about this, this sounds like something that you just talk about at home that you just brought in and now you're trying to explain. But the idea, I guess, is yes, you push hard. You try, you go full tilt all the way. Just give her. And yet, I think the most interesting thing about this is we look at past winners of the last three years, they have not been the typical full tilters, shall yeah. we say. Yeah. And uh, that simply doesn't get rewarded with a win. So Jeff 
I think your advice. Yeah, but you know what? Isn't good. <laughs> Way back when, yeah, in like the early seasons, season two, Australia, Tina won. She did not play full tilt boogie. She won. And I don't think that's ever been the case. I think if you play hard, you can go far. I don't think it's ever been a guarantee in any season ever that if you go full, you're going to full tilt boogie or whatever, or Copacabana, whatever he said. I, there's no guarantee there. If any, you're either a target or you get to the end and you win. But as we said earlier, it's like, the, what else? You've got to go hard. You've got to play, play the game. I think At you play to your it. strengths. Mm. I don't think you can. I remember when I applied for yes, Survivor at home and I was talking to Steve. I I don't, it was like before, like way before he was like, it was, I think it might've even been before I applied. And Steve said, just play to you, your strengths, be who you are. And that's what I tried. And that's all you can do is be who you are and play to those strengths. And some people it's not challenges. Like Jam Jam, not challenges, but he's made it this far and he's probably playing full tilt Jam Jam boogie, but mm. maybe everybody is. Jam Jam boogie. And that's it. I think that makes a lot more sense than the idea that I think Danny, well, maybe that's just Danny's version of it, but is Carolyn not playing full tilt Carolyn boogie? Absolutely. Like, she is not holding back at all. Carson's playing his game. I think there are maybe and. Okay, to her credit, maybe Jamie is playing full tilt. Jamie boogie. Jamie boogie. So here we are. To go with this full tilt boogie, whatever we're talking about, and to quote a famous (laughs) podcaster, Jordan, each season has its own story arc. Yeah. Each season, the contestants make their own season. Mm -hmm. So each season has a different full tilt. What is it? Full tilt boogie. You got it. Indeed. So like season 43, what was the full tilt boogie in that season? I don't know. And then even 42, like each season last year was all about relationships. And that's why Gabler won. He had the best relationships of those three. That season was about relationships. I don't really know what this season's all about yet. Um, Is it relationships? Is it gameplay? Is it strategy? It hasn't, it's all over the place. So when Jeff says maybe go, go full tilt boogie is he's telling them step it up Hmm. because maybe you need to step it up because he's watching this and be like, this is entertaining, but I don't even know who's the favorite. Yeah. I I think that's, that's what makes survivor just the, the most incredible game because you've got, people playing different people playing every season where where they are playing their own version of who they are to the fullest, the boogiest they come in and it all depends on everybody else's personality, their strengths, their character, how they perceive things. You look at Carolyn, she, she values loyalty. What does jam jam value value? What does Carson value? They're all different people. And that's, that's the heart of survivors. It's it's strangers. It's people who don't know each other, who are very different, come together, play this game that they think they know and they love. They come together and they play it to the best of their ability based on who they are. And it makes it different every every single season. And that's why there's a different winner every single season. And I think that's why we complain in 
uh, can debate why someone has won every single season because each season is different. I just wish he didn't call it full tilt boogie. The way you guys <laughs> just described it was so beautiful. And and it, what's happening to me right now is a greater a greater appreciation, and I'm gonna say it even for Gabler. Yes. Um, I've been vocal against that, but what you have just highlighted for me was maybe he played the most to himself, to his strengths. Mm-hmm. And, and if, for Gabler, I don't think we need to talk about, but his strengths with relationships. Yeah. He built those relationships with Ryan about uh, Ryan's dad was uh, a veteran. Sure. Look at that relationship. He's built that. We don't need to talk about that. But yeah, each season's different so what is it here so the one thing that really shows up here is this authenticity i think if there's that would be you know what that's the story arc of the season is is the authenticity of the players this season are we seeing the real you and i think that's why that's why we started the first word of the season was carol was out of carolyn's mouth i think there's a highlight towards seeing you know from putting on an act to showing up authentically and and if you're that's what's going to be rewarded at the end of the the game and the more that people lean into who they really are uh, unabashedly unashamedly that's what's going to lead the way on this season that seems to be the story and I think um, that yeah as you guys just said that is the most beautiful thing about this show is allowing people to do that as I think of it Franny's voting for Carolyn Franny's just in love with Carolyn and she has the right to be. Carolyn is someone that is inspiring. And Carolyn is someone who's real. And someone, a young girl like Franny, maybe needs that, right? So mm-hmm. Franny's voting for Carolyn, like, as of right now, um, based on the realness of her. And Franny couldn't, like, we, I, I joked about how Matt was just in, so in love with Franny, his eyes. But this episode just showed so many close-ups of Franny just being inspired by Carolyn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, sorry, I, I think that ultimately this is life too. Like ever since I was a kid, you and you try to figure out, you know, who you are, what your passions are, your group of friends through middle school, high school, you're trying to figure out, you know, who is this person inside of me that who is, who is the real me and who am I? You know, I remember when I was in high school, I heard there was this really popular youth leader and he had this like really stupid laugh, like really ridiculous laugh, but he was popular. And so I, I remember thinking like, I should, I should try to like copy that laugh because it must be like his secret sauce. I think ultimately your secret sauce is just who you've been created to be, who you are. And the more that I realize that and the more that I be am myself and unabashedly kind of like Carolyn, the more that I'm like that, the more that I realize, you know, people around me are people who appreciate that because the people who don't appreciate it won't stick around for it. And I think that's a good lesson for life too. like, just be unabashedly you. That's all you can be. Just come to the table with your strengths and play to that. That's all you can do. Like if you try to be somebody else, you're not going very far in this game. And in this season, Carolyn's doing that. Jam Jam. I loved seeing Jam Jam upset today. Like, that just showed who he was. He wanted that. That was 
something real for him. And he, um, he wanted that. So to see people being true to themselves is like, wow. yes, this is not what survivor used to be, but this is what it is now. And I'm fine with what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, because even watching it teaches us to be our true selves like without sounding so sappy, but watching Carolyn be herself, watching Jam Jam be himself, even watching Danny, like this week, I thought about what it would like to be on the island. And my daughter got sick. And I was like, there's how hard would this week, how hard it would be to be away from loved ones. Mm -hmm. And just they're there, they're doing it. And they're being real for us to view. Um, I think this is why the show is fantastic now. And I, like I said, my very first time being on the podcast, I wish I got into it sooner. Yeah. Well, okay. So what happens is one of the most authentic people also on the show is Franny and she goes home and what does she do? But smile about it and say, I just love how I played the whole way. I didn't hold back. I didn't play small. And it's kind of as expected. That's how you'd expect her to go home. And also she's going to Ponderosa to be with Maddie. So that's okay. But we see this episode. It was a phenomenal episode. I think uh, there's a lot of laughter in it, a lot of fun. And what I want to highlight here is just around this whole conversation of authenticity. London, Steve, I am so grateful for you being on this episode and helping us even walk through this because I think at least our survivor community and those who know you would agree that that is how you show up. And, and I only know you through these little squares on zoom and through, you know, survivor at home, but I feel like I know you. And so um, I think there's something to be said about that and how you do show up. And on this episode, you brought everything. Uh, I think Luke and I would agree. You really led the conversation today. So thank you so much for bringing your opinion, bringing your insight and bringing who you are. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you have any final thoughts on the episode before we sign off? Well, first off, I just want to say thanks for having me. And um, I, I really do enjoy um, talking about it, but when Andrew and Jordan said that they shouldn't um, not that they shouldn't be doing the podcast. And if anyone would, want to step up the first thing i thought was alex and luke need to do this together um i threw that out there right away and i'm so happy that you guys uh took that (laughs) on i put out there because i know that in the survivor at home community and the way you play you guys were sort of going at it all in good community fun and i knew that you guys would really do well with this I really enjoy listening to the two of you um, talk about um, your takes on this. And once again, I I enjoy that we don't agree. I think that is uh, fine. I think that's healthy. Um, So, but thank you for having me on. I I'm glad I was able to be a part of uh, this. The one thing I need to talk to is production to be like, please put me on a different episode other than the loved ones. one. (laughs) I'm I'm tired of talking about love. It's the same challenge. But you guys are awesome. I really appreciate it. Um, like I said, Luke, you were the best man at my wedding. I love that. And Alex, I can't wait for the time that we get to meet, uh, not through these squares. So, Yes, sir. Well, 
Thank you for listening. Thanks for being here. Uh, Luke, especially thanks for showing up this week. As mm-hmm. you mentioned, it's been a tough one. Uh, Steve, thanks for being here. And thank you, our listeners, for being here and being a part of this episode in which I hope you know we all gave our full tilt buggy two. <laughs> is, that, is that the right way to say that? Oh, is that no. I don't think that's right. <laughs> no, no, but it's wonderful. <laughs>